From Bias to Equality podcast is brought to you by the CEO magazine, Holman Web Lawyers, and B2 Buy. Hello, and welcome to my podcast from Bias to Equality. I am your host, Sandra D'Souza. Thank you for joining us. Today, we are going to have a conversation with Robert Fogarty. He's one of those expertise that I'm bringing in from time to time to talk about diversity. Robert has worked for multiple Fortune 500 companies in different vendor management, training and process improvement capacities. He joined a hospital in Kansas City in the USA several years ago and developed and launched a highly successful supplier diversity program. What he has created and what he calls is doing is absolutely R&D, which means replicatable and duplicatable. Um, his company, suppliediversity.expert, is a platform to help bring those passionate about supplier diversity, such as mentors, mentees, learners, and teachers. And they have a saying, becoming better together. All of them are active in the supply diversity industry, serving many different areas, such as hospitals, manufacturing, energy, and even government. Some are even global supplier diversity experts. So without further ado, let us welcome Robert and let's learn from him about supply diversity. Hi, Robert. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Sandra. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to speaking with you. Me too, me too. And I'm sure, so this is, I guess, what, what I've been doing, just to let you know, been interviewing business leaders um, who have achieved gender equality on mm -hmm. Alexstars, and, and which means that they have uh, women representation on C-suites, roles, and the boards. But what I'm also doing is bringing in experts in different capacity and just to also, I guess, show that stream of how the experts help other companies and leaders to achieve goals in diversity, um, whether it's gender equality and in this case, supply diversity, and just you know, to share some insights. So we're very excited to have you here and, um, and to really tap into that knowledge that you have. But before we get started, though, I'm always interested to learn more about the person, you know, who is here and talking to us. And so we'd love for you to really share your journey um, with me about that career path, like what led you to the current role? Yeah, so that's that's a that's a great question, and and thinking about it, it 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 made me kind of think about it and say, how did I get here? How did this all happen? <laughs> but so I guess um, going backwards, probably to early two thousands, um, I was pastoring a church in uh, inner city Kansas City. It's uh, you know my area where I live, and it was a a basically an all-white church almost exclusively in an all-black neighborhood so when i started there i couldn't quite figure out how that could be um the longer i was there um you know people from the neighborhood felt comfortable coming we, we were growing it was doing great but there was just kind of a disconnect um there like i said how could we be an all-white church in a in a in a totally black neighborhood how, how does that even happen yeah. And, and another thing that happened is we began having a couple of different gay couples coming and 
and again, welcoming them, people with different belief systems. I, I love all that. You know, we all have so much to offer, which again, I love, I love your book. Um, going through that, and that's that's right where you're at is just embracing people as they are, um, as they are, not as society says they should be, because that's just messed up. But but with that, so I had a heart heart for um, just helping people, um, and and I almost want to say the underdogs, but people who are who are not well received within the bigger society area, and. And what I found is, is that the people in the congregation were not really open to that, which didn't really make sense to me. Um, eventually, long story, I ended up leaving there. And that's, that's when I happened to uh, transition over into a hospital and starting up their supplier diversity program. And really, Sandra, it's, it's surprisingly, it was a, a really good fit for me because it's still working with people that are unrepresented and and allowing them um we like to say just a seat at the table um just just Mm -hmm. to give a voice it's not guarantee guaranteeing them that we're going to do business with them but historically here in the states and i'm sure globally people of certain um uh demographics different skin color different sexual preferences were excluded not because they couldn't do the work not because they couldn't provide the product, but because they were different. And so, so that, that rings true to my heart. And it's, again, just wanting to partner with people and give everybody equal voice. That's a long story to, the, to a I short question. It. I but, love it. Yeah. No, it is, it is really, yeah, you have very, you know, I guess a, a different type of background and your personal experiences that has led you into this uh, professional capacity and, and you're taking those values and your beliefs um into vendor management so to speak um and so and i guess and i mean we've mentioned the word supply diversity do you want to um talk about that like what what is supply diversity and, and why is that important for businesses today sure so supplier diversity is is inclusivity so it's the same thing as as you know when when I was pastoring there. It's just including people. So like I said, the, the uh, you know, just like the the different aspects of society have been excluded, in the same way they have been excluded from being able to bid on opportunities. Um, and so supplier diversity in itself is you have a supplier. We have a wide array of different suppliers. Let's give everybody the opportunity to join in, uh, join into business. So, and we'll talk about that, you know, further, I'm sure, but that's, that's a nutshell what it is, letting everybody in and, and getting a wide, diverse, different group of suppliers, of vendors, of individuals in to do the business rather than just um, stopping and, and, going for the easy way the easy way is doing what we've always done and if we keep doing that we're going to keep going being doing what we've already been doing <laughs> which isn't working right no 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 yeah. and yeah. so do you know i mean I'm, I'm so elect actually um start off in the supply diversity um side of things where we had um microplace but now we've partnered with b to buy on the procurement platform and and elect brings across uh suppliers of diverse background 
and 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 I understand what, what you're saying because this this journey started and I'm not trying to talk about me but I just want to give a bit of background and context <laughs> talk about you Sandra talk about you let <laughs> <laughs> me really I could go on a soap dish quite often but just just quickly I think um so I came across a stat a few years ago that um the um if you all the public procurement deals let's say globally um, and this was a stat that was provided by We Connect International, where they're very big on um, supporting women-owned businesses and in, in the supplier side as well. Um, they they there was a stat to say that one percent of those contracts globally goes to women-owned businesses. Um, and I'm only talking about women-owned businesses, but it is people don't realize this that as humans we're so used to, you know, with our network. I mean, it is a complicated issue, but. You know, we, we just stick with the 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 like for like or the network of people and not realize, like you said, that there are other companies who are capable of delivering the products and services, but don't even get a look in because you know, not intentionally, but just somehow that they've been excluded into that mix. Um and so so yes, it is it is a good thing to do, but obviously there is benefits for the business. Otherwise, it's not just about um, doing good. So so how does a diverse group of suppliers can benefit um, organizations? Right. Well, again, when I when I look at diverse, it is a smaller group. And back to your other stat that you said, um, so one percent of businesses globally go to women-owned businesses, and when you think here in the United States. Women-owned businesses with diverse small businesses is one of the largest of that. So if 1% are going to the women, how much is going to minority? How many is going to, um, what, what percentage is LGBTQ or that? Yeah. And globally, yeah. It's, it's almost non-existent here in the States, you know, in the, the um, area that I'm involved with. Those are just small, small percentages. So it's, mm -hmm. it's. It's sad. It's sad. And I'm, so again, I'm glad what you're doing. I'm glad what, what I'm involved with right now with supplier diversity, because it does make a difference. So having smaller, all that said, having smaller, more resilient, more responsive suppliers, and that's, that's what you get with, with diverse suppliers. They're able to keep the organization from the, from the wild and the widespread shortages. You know, we just got through a pandemic almost got through a pandemic it's still kind of rising <laughs> yes. up you know yeah. in pockets here and there um that sandra that could have been avoided for a large part the shortages if we were doing business locally if we weren't doing it globally now again financially there has been advantages of buying globally it drives the price down but in in this particular instance if i was if all the the ports in the u.s were shut down it wouldn't affect me if I was getting my product from down the street. If I was bringing in, you know, services, you know, in our same state. So, so again, having multiple smaller groups, smaller suppliers locally, definitely it makes they're more responsive, which makes a company more responsive. They're they're more resilient. They're more innovative. So, um, you know, the bigger the corporations, I'm sure you found this out. Uh, when they need something changed, you know, if I'm a small company and I'm going to you as a big company and I need something changed, there's a lot of red tape. 
Not so with your smaller companies. They want the business. They're hungry for the business. They will bend over backwards for the business. So they will do what it takes to win the business. So they're just, they're more dependable. Um, they're, they're just, it's a better bet. It's a better deal. Yeah. Again, you've got to work yeah. with them. And, and it's, it, it takes more work. But when has something good not taken more effort? Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and that's, I guess, um, uh, the benefits because it's, it's you, you know, yes, the larger ones may be able to drive purely on price, but what you're saying is that the smaller diverse groups help mitigate a lot of the risk should things um, go yes. wrong or if there's any changes. And we're in the world where, you know, the landscape keeps changing constantly um, and the versatility of smaller business suppliers can help navigate them and, and, and follow the journey with, with the larger company. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, they can. Great. And so um, I guess the next um, question would be, you know, just say a company wants to um, improve their diversity um, in the supply base. What are the common challenges that you've heard about or expect, or when you, you know, walk into the roles and you want to introduce your supply diversity pa uh, program, what are the, the, the common challenges and, and like, you know, and if you could talk about how you help them overcome these challenges. Sure, sure. Um, and I smile because, yeah, there, there are <laughs> challenges. I'd love to say that, that we're amongst like-minded people. And I know you and everybody that's listening, we're on the yeah. same page. Your company is not probably not going to be quite so open to doing it for whatever reasons. One of the reasons, the bigger reasons, is it's more work. And, and I get that. So, so one of the number one challenges is you have to change the minds of buyers, of the people who are doing purchasing. It's, it's more work to choose a diverse supplier. It's, it, you've got to look for it. It's much, much easier to do, again, to always do what we've always done. But, but look backwards and see where that's gotten us. That, that's not a good thing. Um, another challenge then when you have the buyers, you know, backing to, to a wider group, it's changing the minds of procurement teams. Procurement teams, and I get it, again, because I'm, I'm into business and I get, you know, about mm -hmm. making money and, and all of that yeah. and saving money. So I understand that. But, but changing the procurement mind to say, you know, you've got these big um, bundles of opportunity you know, that, that, that corporations are taking care of you, you know, the, the challenge is break down the bundles. Instead of going just to one big company, allow five smaller businesses, you know, to bid on that work, um, give them the opportunity. So the, the challenge then is convincing um, your company of the good side of buying, you know, the upside from buying from diverse vendors. Um, you know, in doing that, Sandra, you build up your local economies, you build up your local communities, um, you keep your wealth local, and that's incredibly important, especially, I've, I've got adult kids now, but, but our kids need an opportunity. And part of when you keep the money locally, that gives even your kids something that they can do rather than, you know, there's no jobs here because they've all, you know, 
you, you need a college degree yeah. or you need to, to go someplace out of the city to get to those jobs. Keeping the money local, keeping the wealth local, it gives just an opportunity for everybody you know, to, to do yeah. that. But, and, and you have to convince your companies though. And, and when you talk about convincing, you start from your senior leadership, from your C-suite. They have to be sold on it because that's going to be, that's where the push is going to come. So they, mm -hmm. you've got to be on the same page as them. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's also what I've talked about in my book, just on the women representation, that you need the commitment from the top in order to, to yeah. make it happen, but also empower then the teams to be able to deliver it as well. Yeah, they, they have to be sold. They, they've got to have the value. Yeah. And so um, with, with um, I mean, I, I get the impact on the community. There are quite a bit of research to say that the benefits of supporting um, local businesses or businesses with diverse background is how much of it does go into the local economy, but also from the community perspective. And sharing of that wealth, um, rather than keeping exclusive to a small group that who has it, spreading that benefits everybody in the long term. And it does not um, negate, it doesn't actually reduce this profitability. In fact, um, from the research, I've read that it helps companies to improve like what we talked about agility, but innovation um, and scalability in a way, um, mm -hmm. because because it's about mitigating the risk of not just having all your eggs in one basket. Yes, yes, yes. And again, uh, avoiding what just happened to us all globally just a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. it, it can't happen if you if you've got, you know, the, the, the workload spread wide instead of a single yeah. great deal but overseas yeah and and, and the and the only downside and the only downside i love is really is just is just a little bit more work for the procurement team to manage it all yes would you say yes <laughs> it is it is so yeah and and i've had those conversations uh with our procurement team is like so why would i do that and so you got to, you got to, you know, you got to just be a good pitcher at the whole thing and, and tell them that the upsides of doing that, of helping out. Yeah. It's, you know, we say it's the right thing to do. And that's an easy, catchy phrase, but it really is just the right thing to do, um, mm. you know, to, to, to spread wide and to, you know, help, help more people come up. Again, widen your supply chain. Um, yeah it's it's just a yeah. great thing to do yeah and so i guess uh, my next question um have you seen or do you i guess when you start off this implementing the supply diversity program um it's it's really not a short-term program is it it's a it's it's a lifelong or company lifelong um commitment that you just don't do a short campaign you have to continuously do it are they measuring, you know, report, KPIs, that sort of stuff that you need to incorporate into it? Yeah, yeah. So you have to have, um, one of the things I always recommend is you have to have somebody from your accounting team involved in all this, somebody who's watching the dollars. So that's, that's how you track it. And 
yeah, to your point, I've, I've talked to some companies and, and they want to start the program and, and they're, they're in and they said, well, how much can we expect to uh, spend on diversity this year? And that's not an easy answer. You know, so, so our goal this year, I was talking to one gentleman, our goal this year will be at, at 10%. We want to send, spend $8 million for a diverse, with diverse companies. You, you can't just throw that out there. It's just like you said, it's, it's, a, it's slow, much, much slower than I prefer. I'm, I'm all about you know, getting things done, getting done quick. But, yeah. but it starts slow and it's continual. It's, when you talk about process improvement, continuous improvement, that's definitely what it is. It's, it's where are we at right now, you know, developing a baseline looking at the baseline, um, tracking your baseline, looking at it over time. And every year you keep upping the ante, you know, if you will, you just, you just, you know, keep becoming more and more aggressive with it. I, um, this afternoon here in the States, I met with our senior VP and, and several VPs talking about supplier diversity goals for our next fiscal year. And yes. yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of digging over the heels. It's like, well, well, wait a second. Wait, wait. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and, but again, it can be done, but it's more work. So, so yeah, yeah. Expect if you do this, it's not going to be, it's not going to be quick. Um, it's not yeah. going to be easy, but it's really, really going to be fulfilling. And I find it really, really exciting. And I know different people within our, within our company are finding it excited. So um, each year, um, you're going to learn more and more about who you are as a company, about the pockets of opportunity that that your company has, and and again, we we added a division last fiscal year. We added another one this year, and so you, okay. so you begin you continue to widen throughout throughout your organization. Where else can we go? And it's yeah. fun to me because you get to to look and you get to be innovative yourself, and and. Yeah. You know, looking under rocks and saying, well, how can we do this? And so I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to working with, we have another VP on board. So working with him and, and challenging him and say, okay, this is just like we said, this is what we've always done. How can we do it differently? What is a yeah. unique way that we can do this? How can we change up? You know, how can we think differently? So well, that's great. That's great. And so, so with this, like, what, how do you see this? Like, well, what do you see the future of, of supply diversity? Do you see any trends or ideas that companies need to be aware of? Um, yeah. So what I see is that it's here to stay. You know, in the States, a lot of people are under the impression that, that this is something brand new. It's because of our current administration. Um, mm. It's not. It's been around since the 1950s, 1960s, and it continues oh, wow. to grow. Okay. Yeah, it really has been. It's it's getting a lot of momentum right now. What I what I appreciate is, and I've talked to others, is we're in a different world than we used to be. Think about we're in a different world in the last 20 years than, than we've ever mm. been. Uh, I think about social media, and social media to me has put everything on on front street. Things that we weren't really sure about. Now you got people just with their phones just filming it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and what's exciting is, um, one, we begin to see more and more, Sandra, that we're not so different after all. I think that we've been either told or it's been insinuated how different we all are, you know, nation against nation. 
And I don't think that's true. The more I talk to people like yourself, uh, I've spoken to different individuals in Germany, um, in, in Russia, and we, we think we're so different. We're really not. We're really not. Mm. Everybody wants the same thing. We just, we want, we want peace. We want to grow. Yes. So, yeah. so, so the trend I see is, is more and more companies, because, again, everybody is on Front Street now, because everything is more visual, because we're all more connected, companies, corporations, individuals are responsible for more. And, and so in the past, maybe um, with what we call redlining, you know, people being excluded, that might have been acceptable and unprovable. Now it's very provable. And again, it, it, it's, it's with social media, it's making us all more responsible, more socially responsible yeah. than we have been before. So I think it's, just, um, it's it's almost like it's making actually making us more accountable for our actions because there is visibility, and 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 people can talk about it and highlight. Right. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. And and again, I don't know all of what's going on in Australia, but I do know here in the states just that that um, even uh, police brutality, you know, law mm -hmm. things that that were again, unknown to the, to the wider population now is becoming more prevalent. Yeah. People are seeing yeah. it more. Um, and when we talk about responsibility, I mean, as, as you know, at the time that we're recording this right now, we have a former president that's been indicted several times and, and on trial. And, and again, not saying whether he's innocent or guilty because that's, that's yet to be proven. But what it does show is that nobody is above the law, that, that all of us are responsible for our actions. And, and so that's the one thing I see. And so with, with companies that are like, well, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? I'm telling you, this is the, it's the present and it is the future. So yeah, you should do it. Um, if this is who the people are and people make up your company, this is who the company needs to be made of. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's they say that the train is leaving the station. So either get on board or realize <laughs> you're going to fall. I like that. <laughs> <You're left laughs> yeah. <behind. laughs> yeah, yeah. The train yeah. is leaving the station. You just, yeah, go, go with it. Um, yeah. you know, that's that's really I mean, I think that I was going to ask you, I guess, but you sort of like have given advice. But but let's say, you know, you do come across a company who's, who have not done any supply diversity or any programs that they've implemented. Mm -hmm. What would you, what would, what is your advice that are just starting their journey and how would they, you know, go about in building a more diverse and inclusive supply base? Like just the initial steps to, initial because steps. It, it does feel, it feels quite overwhelming. It's like, oh wow, how do we do it? We don't want it to miss the train, but it's almost like, where do we start? What should we do? Sure. Sure. And, and I like that question because if someone's asking those questions, that's exactly where they need to be, Sandra. It's, mm -hmm. You have to be intentional about all this. This is not going to happen automatically. So you have to choose to That's do true. it. Um, I read something the other day that talked about, you know, you make a plan, you work the plan. And if the plan's not working, you change the plan. Too often, mm -hmm. we're willing to just, you know, toss the goal. You can't do that. So you have to be intentional what you do. You have to be logical about what you do. And, and you said it and you say it in your book too. It starts with the C-suite. It starts with upper management. 
they've got to be on board. So win their hearts, win their their leadership, and it begins to fall in place. Um, you know, we could talk, you could do a whole show on, on the steps, but so you have to have leadership in place and that, that widens by putting a policy in a place. And when you have a policy in a place, you know, then you, you begin to set goals. And, and again, you put together a plan and you work the plan. But, but yeah, if you're asking, what do we do next? You're in the right place. You're intentionally doing okay. something. <laughs> So that's that's good. That's good to know because that's really the first step is the commitment, that intention, um, yes. and the rest. The rest will follow. Literally. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So and be aggressive with it, and and you, you know you put your <laughs> yeah. your 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 foot on the gas on the accelerator, and you keep it on the accelerator. You cannot coast. You cannot coast mm. with solar diversity. You have to always be aggressive with it. Always pushing the yeah, envelope. Yeah, and, and you can't just do it. Can't just do it like one quarter. Or that's it. Or just do it for a few months, and that's it. It's, oh no! You know, once you're committed, you have to keep going with it. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a good thought too. Is yeah, definitely, it's not one quarter. Definitely, it's not one year. I I don't even know to give supplier diversity a fair shot. You would have to do it at least, at least three to five years. Mm -hmm. um, and I would never say have a, have a stopping point, but yeah, but if you're into like, you know, we're going to do that this year, this is going to be our, our process um, du jour. You know, this is what we're going to do. You can't do that. It, it's got to <laughs> yeah. be a commitment. It's got to be a long-term commitment because it takes a while. It does. And, and, and I think you've got me thinking as well, that it's not something to show that, Hey, you're doing something um something cool something different you're trying to do good this is actually a way of doing business this is the um how business should be done and it needs to be incorporated as part of everyday or day-to-day -day way of doing it um and that is not just a fad right right and and to our earlier in our conversation i'll tell you this do it because it's cool do it because of fad what you'll <laughs> find out is that you will get eaten up People, people will mm. find you out. They will see through yeah. that. We are not yeah. dumb. Because it's not yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And I love it. I love and I love the, I love the just one more point I want to kind of like sure. reiterate where um, you said it's important to include an accountant into the into this program because it's yes. important to measure um, all this all uh, the, the progress or all the impact and the spend um, right. on different diverse groups. Yeah. So that's that's a very important point that you made yeah yeah and and my background also is in process improvement and that's one of the rules of process improvement is you have somebody else really tracking it so with you know a couple of things that you would you would track um of course you you track the spend some people track the percentage of overall spend we just we just track the the spend for the most part how much have we spent in which categories which type of vendors so we'll, we'll measure that We'll measure the number of vendors. You know, when we started off, we had we had three potentially three vendors um, who were diverse, and I say potentially because yeah. I think whoever was already working on that, it's like now it they're not a certifiable because they're black and because they're a woman. That doesn't make them a certified, you know, diverse vendor. You know, you <laughs> have to go through a, a certification process. Um, mm. 
But yeah, so you, so you have to measure that. But going back to accountants, it's important because you want somebody else. I want somebody else besides me counting the cash um, because it's too easy to, um, what do they say, put the fox in, in, in charge of the hen house. So if, if, it's, if it behooves me to spend a lot for supplier diversity, there's also going to be a great temptation, not with me, but <laughs> with <laughs> others that would say, yeah. I'll just inflate. I'll just inflate what I'm doing. So it's it's really good mm. if you can get an independent third party in there. Third party being not you, nobody within your division, somebody else within your business. Yeah. To be counting the beans, have a have an agreed upon. This is how we're counting it. And mm. even that evolves. No, yeah. I like that. I like that because you know I, I'm I'm a former accountant. I was an ex CFO, and and to say that bean counters are important. Um, in this project or in this program, I, I, that's a good thing. It makes my heart sing, actually. There you go. There you go. Bean, bean counters are my heroes, Sandra. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I can feel the Mexican wave going through with all the counters. <laughs> right, right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Robert. You're yeah. welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Ha hashtag bean counters, did you say? What's that? Oh, so it's hash hashtag again. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. It's hashtag bean counter, right? So it's ah, the future. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, that. I love that. I'm going to share that with my accountant friends as well. That's right. As, um, finance geeks. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Robert. I really appreciate you um, sharing your knowledge and expertise and, um, and insights into the importance of establishing a supplier diversity program, but Absolutely. also running with it and incorporating that as a part of the day-to-day -day vendor management process within um, an organization. So I appreciate you taking the time from Kansas City and here I am in Sydney, Australia. I love how we can do this, you know, talking oh, yes. from different parts of the world and, and sharing and sharing the knowledge. All right. Well, thank you again, again, for having me on. And, and I love supplier diversity. I love what it's all about. And I really, truly, from, from my heart, appreciate what you're doing with bringing you know, the, the gender inequality to the forefront, letting, letting people see, you know, the benefits of let's, let's do this together. Let's, let's take away all the labels and just, how about we become humanity again? So thank you. Thank mm. you. Thank you for, for what you have done and are doing still oh. with that. Thank you, Robert. That's a really lovely thing to say. And I'm doing, I guess, you know, I'm trying there and, and, and it's nice to have you know, people like you to to keep me like keep encouraging me to 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 keep doing this because I feel I do feel it's important. But it's not just me, but you know, many others um, are supporting me in this journey, and and you including. So I appreciate that, Robert. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And again, from your statistics, I, I'm sorry to say you got a long ways to go. You got a lot of work in front of you. Yeah, I know. So you need you keep your foot on the gas pedal. You keep <laughs> okay. <it going> forward. <laughs> <laughs> all right sounds good to me okay well thank you very much robert thank you sandra bye now bye. today's episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors firstly we're sponsored by b2 buy b2 buy is your trusted business buying platform that simplifies and automates your buying process helping you buy smarter and faster giving you greater visibility and value with 100,000s products in one place, B2Buy is passionate about connecting diverse suppliers with corporate buyers, so you can create a more inclusive business environment and buy better with www.b2buy.online.
Our second sponsor is Holman Webb Lawyers, an award-winning and dynamic full-service Australian law firm with offices in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Adelaide. Not only do Holman Webb offer comprehensive legal services, but they are also a proud recipient of the LX Star, recognizing their commitment to achieving gender equality and leadership. Discover more about their services, initiatives and industry-leading insights at www.holmanweb.com.au. Lastly, our sponsor the CEO Magazine is an iconic, global media brand that inspires and promotes excellence within the business world. It is a source of information, inspiration and motivation for the world's most successful leaders, executives, investors and entrepreneurs. Go to www.thesiomagazine.com.